Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, thank you so much, Apostle Mother Reva. We just got such a beautiful introduction, and we just... We just love her to pieces. Jesus. And we have a surprise for you tonight. Um, our elder Frederick is going to begin before he actually gets into the teaching that the Lord has put on his heart. He is going to bless us with a song tonight. Praise God. <laughs> I like to Praise catch him God. like this. <laughs> so <laughs> I am very, very pleased and very uh, happy to introduce my better half. Um, which is Elder Frederick, and he is going to come now and, and minister to us in, in his gift of music. Praise the Lord. <laughs> usually, Praise usually it's the other way around. They, you know, the, the man says, my better half. Uh, well, you know, uh, that's all right. I'll take that. You know, that's okay. Uh, no, no problem. No problem. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship. Yes, Lord, we bless you, Lord. How great is our God, how great is his name, he's the greatest one, forever the same, he rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea, and he said, I'll lead you, put your trust in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, last week we talked about the Lord's protect. last month it was, <laughs> last week, <laughs> about the Lord's perfection, and we saw three examples of him peacefully protecting his, his beloved. Okay. Well, we, we were praying about this and seeking the Lord, and, uh, well, uh, the Lord gave us a part two. Okay. To the to the message instead of <laughs> so this is part two. Uh, we didn't know that last month, but now we know. Now you now you know the rest of the story. Um, this is part two. These are more dramatic deliverances and protections, as you will see. Now the first one we're going to cover is the children of Israel going through the Red Sea, which <laughs> the song just sang about in part. Now, this comes out of Exodus chapter chapter 14. If you read the whole thing, is the story of the entire story of the, their deliverance and everything else. But we're going to give you a little run-up 
up on it, and then we will discuss a few verses in specific. But as you know, the children of Israel, finally, after all the plagues, Pharaoh had had enough. He said, all right, go worship your God in the wilderness, just like you said, you know, and before you go, bless me, he said to Moses. Well, so they did, and off they went. Um, everybody, several million people, cattle, everything on their backs, off they went to the wilderness. And then Pharaoh had a change of heart and said, we're going to go get them. And so the children of Israel encamped by the Red Sea, and at one point they looked up, and here comes the Egyptian army with the horses and the chariots. Well, now, uh, back then, in times of you know, in times of war, the chariots and the horsemen came up for one reason: slaughter. <laughs> that was it. So they had destruction on their mind. And children of Israel looked up, and well, kind of looked like curtains for them. Now we'll go to uh, <laughs> the Egyptian army got close enough that they could see them, but then that night, you know, the the Lord had been leading the children of Israel by you know pillar of cloud by night, fire you know pillar of cloud by day, and pillar of fire by night, but He had been before them. Well, that night. He moved around behind them. So he was a cloud of darkness to the Egyptians, absolute darkness. Well, they remembered that darkness. <laughs> but he was light to the Israelites, and he said to Moses to stretch out his hand over the sea. And verse 21 says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. Remember, he had the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And now, verse uh, 28, the Israelites got to the other side. And Moses looked out, and he sees Pharaoh and all his army in the middle of the sea. And the Lord told, <laughs> the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon the horsemen. And it says, And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. <laughs> they thought they would escape. In verse 28, And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, 
there remained not so much as one of them. Now, you see here, okay, <laughs> you see the progression. The Israelites camped there, and the Lord said, you know, now, of course, they had no idea. They thought they were sitting ducks. They, they were dead meat in their own eyes and in the eyes of the Egyptians, okay, because they had, you know, they were, here was the, the greatest army in the world marching after them, and they were defenseless. And they could see no way out. Ah, but the Lord had a plan. And he, whoever heard of that before or since, that a sea, an entire sea would open up and they go through on dry ground. They did that. The Lord did that. He said, told oh, Moses, stretch out your hand. And he did, and the Israelites walked through on dry ground. Now you figure the hoof of, you know, they had all those sheep and cattle with them. All right, those little hoofs uh, have, some, have some pressure to them. Okay. But the Lord made the bottom of the sea hard enough and thick enough that they walked through with no problem. They just walked through there like a day in the park. And they got to the other side and <laughs> Pharaoh, in a bloodthirsty rage, followed after them to overtake and destroy them. That was his plan. He wanted them dead. Well, the Lord had a different idea. And he said to Moses, stretch out your rod. And it says, you know, when they got out there in the middle of the, the, the it says the Lord took off their wheels and drave, that they drave them heavily. What happened? <laughs> well, the sea bottom would support the weight of men and animals, but not chariots. The Lord's really smart. He's a, he is the universe's best engineer. <laughs> and he engineered this escape for his chosen, his beloved. And he knew the he knew the heart of Pharaoh. He knew his heart, and he knew what he would do. And so Pharaoh followed in. He thought, if those Israelites can go through there, so can I. <laughs> I'll get them. Well, he just didn't count on the Lord, our God. Okay, He was Israelite's God, the God of, ja of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jesus Christ, our Lord. The same God, the same powerful God. He is He was God then, He's God now. Okay, but He delivered His children. His beloved, they trusted in Him. He delivered them. Now if we go to Daniel chapter three we find another story of 
miraculous deliverance. And that's um, everyone is familiar with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Okay. Um, we're going to read a few scriptures to you, and then we'll we'll put this in context and discuss these things. Okay, in Isaiah chapter forty-three, verse two, the Word of God says, "When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither." shall the flame kindle upon thee. Now that's Isaiah, which was written well before these, you know, the Babylonian uh, conquest of Israel. Now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which were their uh, names appointed them of the king, they were actually Hananiah, Azariah, and uh, well, what was the third guy? You don't remember it. <laughs> they were, they were, those were their, anyhow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken captive into Babylon. Now, the order was to take good-looking young men, smart, bright. They said, the best of the land that we may teach them our language, our laws, and they may serve us. And so there were four, actually four, Daniel was taken among them. But these four men were a little different than the rest. They loved the Lord their God. And they served him with their whole heart. And if you read um, read the entire um Well, chapter 1 tells you of their dedication to the Lord because they asked that they might not defile themselves with with the king's meat. Now, I understand the king's food was the best in the land. Actually, probably the best in the world. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar ate well. You know, he's king. And he ordered these people that he had taken captive to be fed with his food, and to be given the wine that he drank. Now, this is good stuff, folks. I mean, you know, we're we're talking high class. Um, <laughs> wonderful food, excellent wine, but this was non-kosher food. Okay, remember, if it was seafood, if it had fins and scales, they were allowed to eat it. But crab, lobster, shellfish, all of that was unclean for a Hebrew. And he couldn't eat that and keep the law. And these three men said, we don't want to eat this. And they, they talked to their captors. They asked them if they could prove them. And the Lord did a miracle for them then that they did not have to defile themselves with this with this food and it was wonderful food any of us would be delighted to have that stuff but 
They did not want to defile themselves. It was unclean to them. And they were more than just legalists they loved. You can see the love, their devotion to their Lord. Okay, and the Lord rewards them. You'll see that in chapter 1. But here, in, if you go into chapter 3, the king sets up a golden idol in the plain of Dura, and he says when the music, when the band strikes up, they had all kinds of musical instruments. He said, everyone falls is to fall down and worship this golden image. And anyone who does not fall down and worship the golden image will be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. And they had the furnace right there all stoked up and ready to cook anybody that wouldn't bow. Okay, so you get the backdrop here. Well, now, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were officials. They weren't just commoners. They were leaders in the kingdom. And so the band played, and they didn't bow. And <laughs> so some of the people there that were loyal to the king, went and told the king and said, these three Hebrews did not bow. So they were brought before the king. And in verse 15, Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, he, he questioned them. He said, you know, is it true that you don't worship our, my gods? But I think, now this, is, this is my own opinion, I think he liked these fellows. Because if you read the, the story, the, the various stories of Nebuchadnezzar, he was a hothead. He, he got furious very quickly. But he said to these guys, he said, if you be willing to bow down when the music sounds, he said, well. So he's going to give them a second chance. But he said, if not, you'll be thrown in the furnace. And then he said, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? <laughs> now, in verse 16, the three Hebrews said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, in other words, if you throw us in the furnace, our God, whom we serve, now listen to their statement of faith. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, in other words, if you don't throw us in, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, this, <laughs> talk about faith. These, had anyone ever been delivered from fire, from burning? And there, there was the fire. There was the furnace right there. And this, this answer that these, that these men gave him made him furious. 
and he told them to heat the furnace. It, the Bible says one seven times hotter. Now, it's either seven times or 17 times hotter. Well, <laughs> either way, just straight hot would have been enough, but he wanted it hotter, hot as it could possibly be made. And they're going in the furnace. But these these men looked at that furnace and said, he will deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and out of your hand. How could they, how could they make a statement like that? How could they have such absolute faith? Go back to Isaiah 43.2 second part. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. There, the word of God promises promises his children protection from fire. It says, when you walk through the fire, well, now when they <laughs> you know, these were these were students of the scriptures, okay? And maybe they were reading that and thought, how often do you go walking through fire? But there was a deposit made in their heart. They had that word in their heart. It was in there. A living word, living and beating, breathing in their heart. And so there they stood before a furnace, Years later, and that word was still living inside them. So they looked at that furnace. They thought, our God is able, and he will, because he said so. He said so. They trusted his, they loved their God, and they trusted him implicitly with their lives, and they said so. They said, our God is able, and he will. Well, now, of course, you know, if you read on, you read the rest of the story, uh, they got the strongest men possible. They tied them up probably as tight as possible, which they would have just had ropes. And they threw them in. And it says that, that furnace was so screaming hot that the men that threw them in there were burnt alive instantly. And they fell down, bound in the furnace. And, of course, the king was watching this. Then he jumped up and he said, didn't didn't you throw three men in there? And they said, yes, O king. He said, I see four men walking loose in the midst of the furnace. Four, and he said, the fourth is like unto the Son of God. (laughs) <laughs> he had never seen the Son of God, but he got a revelation. A heathen king got a revelation of what can happen for those that love and trust their God that will stand for him like these men did. They're walking around in there. Well, now you consider, <laughs> we walk around in our house, and that's not a problem. They are walking around in it, something that should have burned them instantly. They should have been, the men on the outside were burned instantly, it says. There they were walking around, and they, that meant they were breathing. The Lord God made them, made them air in there. 
protected them from the heat. And it says when they climbed up out of there, they had to climb, or their hands weren't burnt. And as you read the account, they're dressed in capes and tunics and hosen and hats. They were kind of looked more like court jesters. But even the smell of smoke did not pass on their clothes. They were totally delivered. As you can see, the Lord delivered these three Hebrews from the fiery furnace and protected them from the wrath of the king. Now, we have one more dramatic story. It's a good one, another another well-known story, but we'll toss in a few things. This is about David and Goliath. Now, as you know, um, the uh, back in those days, King Saul was a king, and the Philistines were just a constant enemy of the Israelites. Well, they had a battle going on, and there was a champion named Goliath, and he was taunting the Israelites. Now, First Samuel chapter 17 is the entire account of the confrontation and the defeat of Goliath. But we'll, again, we'll we'll concentrate on some of the, just a few of the verses for brevity's sake. It says, now, verse 4 says, and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's nine foot nine. This guy was nine foot nine tall. He had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. Uh, that was, you know, metal pieces all hinged together. And the weight of the coat with, of mail was 5,000 shekels of brass. That's about 166 pounds. That was just his coat. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. So he was covered with metal. This man was a monster. He was strong. He said, Goliath said, if he, in verse 9, he, he was taunting the Israelites. And he said, send me out a man to fight with me. And in verse 9, he said, If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. That's the challenge, and you see his defiance, defiance of the armies of Israel. And whenever he came out, everybody ran away. Everybody ran away. They were terrified. I mean, this nine foot nine, I, I would have run too, you know, but <laughs> anyhow. Now, in verses 
17 and 18, um, Jesse, who is David's father, sends him to the camp of the Israelites with bread and cheese, you know, food for his for his other sons that are there with the army, and find out how they're doing and so forth. And verse 26, we see David's perspective of the Philistine, Goliath. Okay, and David spoke to the man in verse 26 that stood by, by saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For he, he heard Goliath challenging everyone. He said, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, when he says uncircumcised, it's very important because the circumcision of the male was the mark of the covenant. These were covenant people. And he's saying, this man has no covenant. Who's he? Who's he? He's, he's not a covenant man. Who is he that he should defy the armies of a living God? Notice his love, his devotion to the Lord God. Now they brought David before King Saul, and David recounts his protection from the lion and the bear. There was a, a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. And a lion and a bear. Now, as I read it, it looks like they came together. He grabbed the lion by the beard and killed him, and then he killed the bear too. Now, I probably would have been inclined to say, enjoy your lamb stew, but not David. He went after the lion and the bear and killed them both, and he said, this Philistine will be just like the lion and the bear. And so King Saul said, okay, go get him." And so David, put, you know, Saul tries to arm him with his armor, and David puts it on, and it just doesn't fit him at all. And that's not what the Lord showed him. And so he puts it off. He says, I can't go with this stuff. And he goes out with a sling and five smooth stones. And Goliath looks at him, and it says it cursed him by his gods. And David looks at him and then says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. He speaks more. He said, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the Israel that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Wow. What faith. Hey. 
dad. What inspired such boldness? I mean, this guy's a monster. Nine foot nine. He's huge. He's strong. And here's basically a teenager. And he has no sword, no spear, no shield. And Goliath looks at him and he laughs and curses him and figures, ah, you send me out a little kid to fight with me? Well, we know the end of the story. David slang a stone and it went on deep into his skull, right hit him right between the eyes. Down he went and he took his head off him just like he said he would. What gave him such boldness, such faith? He was in covenant with his God. And he loved his God. And he was, David wrote most of the Psalms in your read of his love for the Lord. You read of them. It's it's a a combination of love for the Lord and faith in his covenant and his promises. And the Lord sees that, and if you read Psalm 91, it says in the latter verses, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him and set him on high. Note, he says, because he has set his love upon me. It's... Our God is able and willing to deliver all who look to him in love and trust implicitly in him. We see these examples again. People that, these men that put their faith completely in him and loved him and trusted him. And we see these are recounts of, these are true stories. Magnificent, dynamic deliverances and protection of the Lord our God for these. They they loved him, and they stood against seemingly impossible odds, and the Lord stood with them. Thank you, Elder Frederick. The one thing I would like to bring up tonight is you see the constant protection and deliverance God is constantly protecting his people and delivering them. And I wanted to bring out a point that is important. In verse 46, as you see the word, it says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines. This day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You see... It's not just enough to just say, I believe. David was showing his great faith, but he was decreeing it. And I believe today, this is what we need to start doing. We know, we believe, but how many of us remain silent and we really don't testify? We don't share testimonies of times when God has protected us or delivered us. And I believe that the day that we're in, the Word says that we are therefore to encourage one another, pray for one another. We see here David had the faith. As Elder Frederick said, he had a great faith, but he didn't keep it to himself. What did he do? He decreed it. He spoke in the face of the enemy and told him he knew that his God 
was going to deliver him from the hand of the Philistine. And it says in verse 47, And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. What a promise. This is a rema. This is a rema of the Logos word. This is a promise for us today. We can say, we know that our Lord, our God, he doesn't just save us with the sword and the spear. The battle belongs unto him. He is going to put the enemy in our hands. Again, I repeat, he is going to bring the enemy and put the enemy in our hands. We have the same faith as David. Maybe we don't have to stand before a giant the size of Goliath, but some of us have giants today, and they're just as big. They're just as hard to look at and to try to overcome. There are many, many giants. You know, when they went in and they saw the land, the milk and honey, the promised land. But what was the first thing they saw? They didn't see the land of milk and honey of opportunity. They said, oh, but, but there be giants. I mean, they saw the beautiful fruit of the land. But what did they focus on? There's giants. There's giants in the land. And they come back with an evil report. And I can't say today how many of us, including myself, struggle with listening to so many evil reports. We need to get our eyes on the Lord. So today I'm asking you, what is your giant? What you have, the promised land. The Lord says, I will fight your battle for you. The battle belongs unto the Lord. So let's just take a minute and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. What is your giant or giants? It may be even more than one thing. But as we see the many, many stories in the Word of God of God's constant protection and deliverance of his children, why would he not do so today? We are children of the covenant of God. He has given us his promise. In him is our safety. Beneath the wing is shelter for us. His wing is our shelter. He has provided the secret place of the Most High God that when we fear and tremble and quake and we cannot overcome a situation in our lives, do you see the Lord's arms? He's holding his arms out and he's saying, Come, come, come into the secret place that I have prepared for you. Come under my wing. Feel my protection. Feel my shelter. No matter what your giant is you're facing today, our God is able to deliver us, to protect us, to do more than we could even begin to think or ask. So we ask you today, give the Lord a chance. Decree it. Speak it out loud to yourself or even in front of others if you must. But decree today that you have the faith. You are the overcomer. You are victorious. And there is nothing that is too hard for your God. For your Lord has provided the protection. And we ask now, if there is anyone that does not know, that cannot say, I, I do not know this Lord, cannot say, I am, I am not part of this family, or I am not a covenant child, 
Well, we give you the opportunity. We ask now and we invite the anointing in the presence of the Holy Spirit to stir your heart and to see the provision that our Heavenly Father has made for you, that you have the provision to be delivered from any giant. There is nothing that is too hard or too big for our God. And it starts by allowing him to become, ask Jesus to come into your heart. Recognize that you can't do it in your own strength, that you need a Savior, you need help. Call upon him, and he will come. And he will come and become your Lord and your Savior, your Deliverer and your Protector. And you need not fear the giants anymore. So we offer this day, put that giant in your hand and offer it up and give it up to God. Remember, we are overcomers. Remember the promise. The Lord says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. We thank you, Father, now that you are our deliverer, that you are our protector. We thank you, Father, Lord, for that one that is struggling with the giant, Father, and just doesn't ever seem to be able to get the victory. Well, tonight, Father, we stand together and we pray the prayer of agreement, Father, which is your word that, yes, we are overcomers and the battle belongs unto the Lord. We give you honor and we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen, amen. How beautiful, how beautiful. If we thank God, would anyone like to say anything? Amen. Amen. I thought it was beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Good evening. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I just bless God for, once again, uh, you and Elder Fred, your teachings and your being obedient unto God, but just bringing forth the word and breaking it down as eloquently as you both do. And I thank God for for that. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. Amen, amen. Thank God. We are so honored to know you two. And what a blessing. We had a prayer. Pray that wherever you go, the Spirit of God goes with you. In the name of Jesus. Angel, would you close us out, please? And pray again for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come thanking and praising you for all that you've done. We thank you for the word that has gone forth thus far. We ask that you put your hand of mercy upon the Marlies as they travel to New York, Lord. We ask that you touch the family in their time of bereavement, God, in the name of Jesus. We ask that you give peace in the midst of the storm, give comfort and joy, God, to know that your loved one is now in the hands of you, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank and we praise you for all that you're going to do. We thank you and praise you for the souls that will be saved just from them going there, going (laughs) to a home going, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I bless your name today. I thank you today for allowing me to even know the Marlies, God, in the name of Jesus. And I ask that you give them your hand of protection as they travel over the highway. Take them there safely. And, God, we have to bring them back at your appointed time. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 We God love you, family. We love you very much. Love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love and you. Stay, and stay in touch. Yes, we, well, God yeah, bless. we love you guys. We, we love, love you, too. God bless. All right. God bless you both. And I'll be talking to you. When are you leaving? Saturday morning. All right. Well, I'll be we'll talking be leaving, to you before. Okay. We'll be leaving. Uh, we'll be going for two weeks. We should be back on the 22nd. All right. I'm going to try to keep from crying all them couple of weeks. Oh, I don't know. You know, but I miss you so much. I really do. We. And maybe when you come back, you know, God will allow us to come visit you. Oh, we would love that. That would be wonderful. Before the summer, before the summer is over. Yes, that would we be, would love that. would be wonderful. Yes. All right. And, 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 and Elder Fred, I'll be looking for that barbecue. <laughs> and you know that you've got to be looking for that barbecue with the best barbecue I ever had. Well, let me tell you something. I, I have some ribs back here in the freezer, and I yeah, that writing. That, yeah, that one has your name on it. Okay, yes, I'm just we're, we're ready. We're ready. Okay, and I'm gonna pray and ask God to fix it. So uh, all right, we're, we're ready. We're ready. You come on up. All right, dear. So we got a date. Yeah, <laughs> good. God be with you. To those of you in the chat room and those of you on the line, God bless you. Thank you for being with us during this time. God bless you, and we love you. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Love you. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.